Hello, and welcome to City Hope Church. Today we have special guests, the Conquerors, bringing a message of strength. What's up, Australia? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. I love it, I love it. The power of the microphone. <laughs> we are the Conquerors International Strength Team. It's an honor and a privilege to be here at your church today. We want to thank Pastor Peter and Melissa. Thank you very much for welcoming us into your uh, house. And uh, today is going to be a little bit different church service. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, things that you probably haven't seen done in church before, but I guarantee you it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so are you ready to have some fun in church? Yes, the house of God should be a place of joy and it should be a place of fun. The Conquerors International Strength Team is a group of athletes. There are nine of us total. Uh, two of us are here to perform for you today, and we travel all over the United States and all over the world, and uh, we do feats of strength. We got every little boy's dream job. We get to break stuff for a living, and we don't get in trouble for it, yeah? yeah. <laughs> We've been to 36 nations on this planet. This is the Conqueror's seventh time in the land down under. Yeah. I don't know, you know, I, I, I've been uh, joking around with Emily uh, quite frequently, how you guys, uh, your R's must be like breadcrumbs dropped behind you. You guys drop your R's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys got a funny accent anyway. <laughs> Emily's like, yeah, you got an American accent. I said, we don't have an accent. You got an accent. No, just kidding. No, but we love Australia. It's an awesome nation. We love it. And uh, so we're going to get right into this. You ready to go? All right, you're going to see some feats of strength. They're, uh, they're very difficult. They're very dangerous. So we have to say this every time we put on one of these performances. Whatever you see us do here today at your church, do not attempt to do it at home or anywhere else. If you attempt feats of strength without proper training, you can and probably will be injured. So don't do it, okay? And we're going to need your assistance today. You guys willing to help us out? All right. How many of you know when you're going through a difficult time, a tough time, a pressing time, it feels so good when you have friends who gather around and encourage you, and they speak life to you in the midst of darkness? It feels really good, doesn't it? Well, these feats of strength are very difficult. We're past the jet lag, so we're okay there. Uh, so we're going to need you to encourage us. And the best way you can encourage us is by clapping and cheering and screaming your Aussie heads off. You up for that? All right. So, what you see here are, are uh, stacks of concrete, and I must tell you, uh, this is the first time we'll be breaking these bricks, so we don't know how it's going to go, uh, but it's okay, because we're going to give it our best. We have uh, several stacks of bricks, and what you're going to see first is Mike Gruppen over here, he's going to attempt to crush this stack of six bricks using one blow from his elbow. Can you say funny bone? <laughs> And then I'm going to go up here, and I'm going to attempt to crush this stack of concrete using one blow from my forearm. And then we're simultaneously going to attempt to break both of these stacks of bricks at the same time using our forearms. And these bricks up here, we'll save those for uh, a little bit lighter. Are you ready to go? All right, we're going to play some music. You know what to do. Come on, let's clap, let's cheer, let's get loud. Yeah, come on, Gruppin, come on. Come on, let me hear you get louder than that. Come on, come on. Come on, let me hear you, Australia. Yes. Yeah! Come on, everybody, let's go! Come on, Aussie, Aussie! Come on, Mike! Come on, Mike! Yeah! Come on, Mike! Here we go! Come on! Come on! Bam!
right. Now, we've got a couple stacks of bricks left here. The reason the conquerors exist is to transform communities worldwide with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we don't preach religion. We preach relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. And we are on fire with the Holy Spirit. So we thought we'd bring a little fire to the house today. <laughs> so I have here two stacks of bricks. What I'm about to do is I'm about to pour some kerosene or some lighter fluid or whatever, something flammable, uh, all over these bricks. I'm going to light them on fire, and then I'm going to attempt to smash them while they're in flames. Can you guys get excited about that? All right. You might want to dim the lights on this one when we get started, all right? All right, we're going to get prepared. Here we go, here we go. We're going to get prepared. All right, let's play that music. Here we go. the smell of burnt hair. <laughs> First thing I do when I get home, my wife is going to check my arms. Yep, you did fire. <laughs> you guys having a good time? <laughs> All right, what you're going to see next, I have here in my hands, this is a hot water bottle. It's not a whoopee cushion. <laughs> we don't need one of those on this team. We got that covered, trust me. The hot water bottle is guaranteed not to pop, burst, or explode under pressure. It doesn't look as intimidating as a stack of concrete or some of the other feats of strength that we do, but this is the most dangerous feat of strength that anybody in our line of work can perform because it's the only feat of strength on record that a man actually died performing. Back in 1970, a man was blowing up a hot water bottle. The pressure in the hot water bottle reaches the same pressure that's in the average car tire. That pressure came back, exploded one of his lungs, and he died. Not going to happen here today. You'll have the biggest balloon floating around the sanctuary before we allow that to happen. But what you're going to see is Mike Gruppen. He's going to take this hot water bottle. He's going to place it to his lips. He's going to attempt to blow it up like a balloon until it explodes in his face. If you've ever been snapped with a rubber band before, Mike is about to get snapped with the world's largest rubber band. <laughs> it hurts, trust me. <laughs> These are very unpredictable. We never know how big they're going to get before they explode. Sometimes they get this big. When they get that big and explode, we call that a glory bottle. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He is merciful. <laughs> Sometimes they get this big. Other times they go all the way to the ground, and when they pop, they're very loud. And I must warn you, Mike tends to wander into audiences while blowing up the hot water bottle. So if you do not want this exploding anywhere near you, make sure you're making a lot of noise, and he will go find a quiet section of the audience to wake up. You ready? All right, we're going to play that music. Here we go. Come on, let's 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 go Australia. Come on. Come on. Oh, here he comes. Come on.
Come on. Come on. Oh, you better make some noise back there. Oh, you better make some noise back there. It's getting pretty big. It's getting pretty big. Come on, he needs some encouragement, Australia. Come on, encourage him, encourage him. It's gonna be loud, let me hear you get loud. Our, uh, our wives often say we're full of hot air, uh, so that one's an easy one for us. <laughs> Here in just a moment, you're going to see a flurry of feats of strength. I'm going to explain them to you right now. One of our favorite subjects besides Jesus, he's our favorite subject, Ooh. the next on the list would be food. <laughs> Trust me, you're better off clothing us than feeding us. <laughs> Ask the bells. We can put away some food, eh, mate? <laughs> I have here a frying pan, and unfortunately, we're not going to cook anything this morning. But what you're going to see is uh, Mike Gruppen, he's going to take this frying pan, he's going to place it in his grip, and he's going to attempt to roll it up into the shape of a burrito. Or taco, chalupa, something well, it'd be south of the border for the United States, north of the border for you guys, yeah. Something of the Mexican variety, so you're going to see that here in just a minute. You guys excited about that? All right. And then I have here a Louisville Slugger baseball bat. And uh, I know baseball is not a big sport here, um, but I often, I found out very quickly about my second trip here that if I needed help overcoming jet lag and I needed to go to sleep, all I had to do was watch a game of cricket. I thought, I thought golf was boring? You gotta be kidding me, mate. But I, but, but you guys, you guys do make up for it when it comes to rugby. I love that sport. It's like American football and soccer combined with no pads. <laughs> Much respect for you guys on that one. But baseball's not a big, uh, it's, it's, it's America's pastime. It's, 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 you know, baseball, apple pie, American flag. That's the way it is in the States. We're not big baseball fans, are we, Mike? It's a little bit slow for our, for our taste. We like more, we're more UFC. <laughs> <laughs> but we do love baseball bats. We have here a Louisville Slugger baseball bat all the way from Kentucky in the United States of America right there. And uh, they say it takes about 200 kilo, uh, kilograms of pressure to 300 kilograms of pressure to snap a Louisville Slugger baseball bat. And what you'll see is one of us are going to take this baseball bat, we're going to place it behind our back, wrap our biceps around it, and attempt to snap it like a toothpick over our spine. It's going to be pretty cool. You guys get excited about that? And then I have here a number two St. Croix horseshoe. Yeah, we got this one off of our brekkie. Just kidding. We don't eat horses. <laughs> She's like, oh. Cows, yes. Pigs, yes. No horses, though, all right? You know, the reason that we do these feats of strength, 
we, we, we didn't leave our families, travel 9,000 some odd miles all the way to Australia just to show off in front of you or to show you how big our muscles are. But we came here because of Jesus Christ. That's the reason we do this. And the, this horseshoe has the shape of a C. And Christ is not just Jesus' last name. Jesus is the Christ. He's the anointed one. The anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. And so if you're burdened this morning, if you have yokes, if you feel like you're in bondage, then the Holy Spirit is here with the power of his anointing to break the bondages in your life. This piece of steel seems immovable. Some situations you may be facing seem the same way, seem impossible, like they'll never move. But I'm telling you, true strength is not found in, in your muscles. True strength is found in the Holy Spirit. He's the real strength in life. What's impossible with man is possible with God. <laughs> so we're going to take this horseshoe in the shape of a C, and I'm going to attempt to twist it into the shape of an S which stands for strength and spirit, because real strength comes from the Holy Spirit. Because he can do things that no man can do. None of these feats of strength are supernatural, but the Holy Spirit's all supernatural. But I just want to pause just for a moment, because I know there's people in our audiences at times that get a little bit skeptical. You know, what's the trick to those things, Mike? <laughs> there's no tricks. There is technique, so I'm, I'm going to ask a volunteer, a grown man, maybe Pastor Pete, hint, hint, to come up here. <laughs> here he comes. Woo! Come on up, Pastor Pete. Yeah. Do I my shirt off? No, no, keep your shirt on. <laughs> keep your shirt on, mate. <laughs> All right, Pastor Pete. It takes strength to move this horseshoe, but you got to know how to properly apply your strength. Okay. It takes technique. So I'm going to teach you the two primary techniques that we use to bend this horseshoe. Okay. And I'm going to give you 10 seconds to attempt to do it. Is there a No. <laughs> he says yes, I say no. <laughs> All right. So I'm only giving you 10 seconds is because during the time you're attempting to bend this, if you should hear a popping noise and feel a twinge somewhere back here, yeah. that'd be your tricep dislocating from your bone. <laughs> Be a good time to quit. We've had four team members rip triceps doing this one. I'm serious on that one. All right? So please do not. You broke the pasta. No, I didn't. All right. So this is how we do it. Grab it one way with the U facing down, with the palm facing this way. The other palm the opposite, like this. So you got it like this. Use your thigh as leverage. Upper thigh up here. Don't go down here. You got to get a little bend in it, and then you got to push this end in that way and push that in that way, like this. See how I'm doing that? Yep, just push it like that. That's one method. My preferred method is like this. I take it across my thigh and I hold it, and I do like a tricep press. Open it up like that. Okay. And uh, we're going to give you a towel uh, because the other part of feats of strength is pain tolerance. Because <laughs> everything we do hurts. <laughs> So we're going to give you a little pad there. And on the count of three, when you're ready, yep, on the, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, just like that. No, like this. Yep, and then you're going to push them. Yep, all right, ready? On the count of three, ready? One, two, three, go! Come on, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Come on, two. Two, 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 one. All right, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Let's see. Woo hoo. It moved. It moved. Uh, it back. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's what happens when the steel presses into your flesh all the way to your bone. It feels like it's moving, but it's actually not. You're actually getting bruised. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Pete. Give him a big round of applause. Now, Pastor Pete, he wasn't able to bend the horseshoe. Big surprise. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I got the microphone. <laughs> Hopefully, we get invited back, maybe. <laughs> 
But what he did demonstrate was something a, a tremendously amount more powerful and important than having the physical ability to bend a horseshoe. You see, we called him up here to try something new, something he's never done before. And probably one of the number one things that holds believers back from realizing their destiny and their full potential is fear. Fear, false evidence appearing real. And courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing what's right despite of fear. That's true courage. And your pastor demonstrated courage, and he demonstrated resilience because he gave it his best. He didn't give up. He didn't quit. He gave it 100%. That's what it takes to overcome in life, and that's what it takes to win in spiritual warfare. So thank you, Pastor Pete. Give him another round of applause. So we'll be twisting this into an S for Holy Spirit in just a moment. And then finally, well, not finally. We have a surprise for you, but we'll save that for last. <sighs> this is a 16 mil four and a half foot long steel bar. And on the ESPN, it's a sports network in America, they have a contest called the America's, I mean the World's Strongest Man Competition, where competitors from all over the planet gather to compete for the World's Strongest Man title. And they do crazy stuff like pull trains with their teeth and all that other crazy stuff. But before you can even enter that competition, you have to pre-qualify by taking a steel bar exactly like this, placing it around the back of your neck and bending it into the shape of a U. Not happening here today, mate. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's a little bit too easy. <laughs> you see, the conquerors, we've learned how to overcome challenges in life. And the best way you can overcome them is you just don't quit. You face challenges. And the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But thank God that Jesus Christ crushed his head. <laughs> he makes a good go at it, but he's no match for the, for the Lord, all right? And so we're telling people in the secular realm to face their challenges, don't give up, don't quit. We're encouraging believers to give it their best, to, to fight their fears, and we're not going to be up here demonstrating things that are easy for us. We live the message of Jesus Christ every day. This is not a performance. We live this. So we first started doing these around the back of our neck. To be honest, it was hard. We had about a 60% success rate, and one of our core values is excellence. We do things 100% all the time, full on, no questions asked. And 60% wasn't enough, so we kept at it until we got proficient. And then after a while, it became easy. So we decided that we needed to come up with a more challenging area of our anatomy to bend a world's strongman qualifying steel bar. So we started bending them over our skulls. <laughs> we call it the Newfren bend because <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. And then after a while, lo and behold, it got easy. So we went to some of our favorite people in the entire planet, students. We do a ton of school assemblies. We're going to be doing some more here while we're in Australia. And we asked them, can you think of a more challenging area that we could bend the steel bar? And this little kid in the front row, I'll never forget it. He said, bend it in your teeth, dude. <laughs> steel in the grill? All right. So that's exactly what you're going to see today. <laughs> uh, anybody recording this live? I think my dentist is asleep right now anyway, so it's okay. All right, all right, good. All right, so we're going to get these feats of strength going. You guys ready? Come on, you know what to do. You got to clap, cheer, make some noise. Come on, Australia. Come on, here he goes with the burrito. Come on, Gruppin, you got this. Come on. He's got it started. He's got it started. He's almost there. Come on, you got to encourage him. Come on. Yes! Come on, let me hear you. Come on. Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. Yeah. Come on, Mike. You got this. Come on. 
Come on. Yeah. Bend it. He's almost got it. He's got it started. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Don't quit. Get it. All right. All right, keep it going. Keep it going, church. Come on. Here we go. Come on, Big Mike. Oh, yeah. Come on, bring it. Bring it. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Come on. Here we go. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. Yeah. Come on. Get it. Get it. Come on. Come on. Yeah. He ain't done. He ain't done. He ain't done. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Oh, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Come on. Come on. Finish it. Finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Man, Mike, we forgot the chiclets. Hey, don't go anywhere, man. We got baptism service yet. All right. Uh, you know, usually we take chiclets or these little square gums, a piece of chewing gum. They're hard on the outside. Stick them in there. And then after doing that, I'll spit it out. looks just like a tooth. <laughs> All right. Where is it at there? Oh, is it over here? Yeah, we're doing that now. Yeah. This is the Conqueror's baptismal service. We have two cans of Sprite Zero. We really love Sprite Zero on this team for a number of reasons. One, zero calories. Woo! Not that we care. <laughs> it's clear, so it'll match what you're wearing. Woohoo! <laughs> and uh, they say it takes about uh, 300 kilograms of pressure to crush an unopened can of pop or soda, whatever you call it down here. And they say that if you're successful, it might spray around a little bit. But they say that no matter what you do, you should never, ever, never, ever, never shake the can. Because when you shake the can, the pressure doubles, making it almost impossible. You're doing it again. Oh, sorry. Making it almost impossible to do the feat of strength. And then it goes everywhere. So this is what we're going to do. We have two cans. And we're gonna, we're willing to share. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so this is how it's gonna happen. All right, now, this is gonna be fun. I guarantee this is fun. But there's two safety things we need to go over. Number one, no one at any time is allowed to get out of their seats and move around, okay? I'm serious about that because of safety. We don't want anybody bumping in, tripping over anybody. So you must remain seated. If anybody gets up, we're gonna stop, okay? We don't want anybody to get hurt. These cans, sometimes they tend to break into two pieces. If a piece of can lands anywhere near you, do not try to pick it up. Young people especially, they have sharp edges. They will cut you. We'll come and retrieve it or something like that, okay? And this is how we work. Who wants to get a can? Raise your hand. Yep, just as I thought. All the kids are like, yeah, yeah. All the adults are like, you better not spray that can on me, mate. <laughs> So this is how this is going to work. The, the, loudest, the loudest section of kids, whichever kids are going to be the loudest, we're going to divide you into sections here, sections here, sections here. The kids who are the loudest will get a can, and the adults who are the quietest will get a can sprayed on them. Now listen, there's sometimes, Mike, he tends to do this. This is our first time at your church. And, uh, you know, but we have a, we have a non-discriminatory policy, um, so we won't leave the pastors out either. 
The first can will go toward the section of audience that meets our requirements for baptism. <laughs> we do sprinkle and full immersion. <laughs> the second can will go, Michael travel around to people, and whoever gets the loudest collective response from the audience will get a can. Hint, hint. <laughs> you guys ready? They're looking at us like, you better not surprise with that can, Mike. <laughs> All right, we're going to play that music. Here we go. your kids right there. Oh! Here comes can number two. Can number two. say should he get him there the pastor pastor you guys want to see the pastor oh yes come on you got to get loud Man. Your pastor is definitely anointed. The angel of the Lord was protecting him. He kind of slid a wing in there and said, oh, no, you don't, mate. Your Australian angels were looking out for you. You guys having a good time? Well, man, I love, I love what I do. I love it. If you would have told me back in high school that I would be doing what I'm doing today, I would have said, <laughs> I would have said, man, you're nuts. <laughs> because, uh, you know, at the beginning, the earth was form and it was void and uh, the spirit of the Lord moved upon the deep waters. And God said, let there be light. And light was. Life begins with the spirit of the living God and the word of God. My life began about 20 years ago. That's when I was born again, when I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. That's when my life began. People always talk to me about my testimony. They say, man, you got such a powerful testimony. And, I, and they, they're talking about all the bad things, which I'm going to share some of it with you today. But that's not my testimony. My testimony began the moment I yielded my heart to Jesus Christ. Because I have nothing to testify about but his goodness, his grace, his mercy, and his power. Everything before that is my history. Because life revolved around me. Everything was about me. I was a hurt young boy. I grew up in a dysfunctional family. Parents were drinking, fighting, plates, saucers flying through the... A lot of angry, hateful words directed toward me, my two sisters... And as a young man, I had so much darkness in my heart at a young age. I was so wounded. You know, I get wounded. I, I get injuries all the time. And, you know, for a while there, they, they, they bother me, but then they heal, they go away, and I, I don't even remember them. I can't even tell you how many countless bruises and cuts I've had. I don't remember them. But the wounds of the heart, they last for a long time. They last for a long time. And as a young boy, I was trying to do something to stop the pain that was going on in my heart. And nothing I did could make it go away. And I was full of anger, and I was full of rebellion, and I got in trouble at school all the time. I spent more time in the principal's office than the principal did. I said, y'all need to get me a secretary in here. <laughs> as much time as I spend down here. 
And uh, I, I, was, I was just angry and frustrated, and, and I started to rebel against the school authorities, against, against my parents. You know, they said, don't do this, don't do that. I did exactly the opposite. They said, don't drink, don't do drugs. I did as much drinking and as much drugs as I could do. By the time I was in middle school, I was already drinking on a regular basis. I was experimenting with drugs, marijuana. And by the time I was 15 years old, I was heavily addicted to cocaine. I was eating LSD, smoking marijuana, and drinking on a daily basis. I got kicked out of school. My life was in turmoil. I had already acquired quite an extensive juvenile record. And then at the age of 16, when most of my peers were thinking about their driver's license, I was convicted of an armed bank robbery or illegal withdrawal from a financial institution, if you want to put a, <laughs> want to put a white collar bend to it. <laughs> and the government sentenced me to four to 20 years in prison. And at the age of 17, I entered into prison, probably one of the darkest, hardest environments that a person can enter into. That's where I literally grew up, a place where there's hatred and hardness, violence. I spent a year of my time in solitary confinement because of my violent tendencies, and it seemed like I would never get out. But then something dawned on me, I better, turn my, I better go the other direction or I'm going to be 20 years in here because they gave me a choice. You can do four or you can do 20. It's up to you. And at, up until that point, I hadn't been a very good steward of my life, but something finally clicked on. I said, I better, I better walk the straight and narrow. So I cleaned up my act because I didn't want to spend 20 years in there. The food was enough to convince me I didn't want to spend 20 years in there. So I made a change. I changed my, my thinking. I went and got educated. I changed my physical appearance. I worked out. But the one area I couldn't deal with was the area of my heart because I didn't know how. And so I took all my pain and I stuffed it down and I built up a big facade. And finally, after five years, I was released from prison. And uh, I had every intention of doing things the right way. Because when you've been in a situation like that and you get free from it, there's nothing in you that says, that was great, I can't wait to go back. No, you don't ever want to see that place again. And you may not be in a literal prison. You may not have violated the laws to get taken out of society and put in prison. But so many people in the church today are in bondage. They're in bondage because they don't know who they are. And they don't realize whose they are. Mm. Everything revolves around identity. My identity, I thought, I believed the lie from the pit of hell that said, this is the way my life was meant to be. This is how I was designed. This is my lot in life. And it wasn't long that I went right back into drugs and alcohol. Because out of the heart flow the issues of life. And without a heart change, there's no life change. So it wasn't long, and I was right back into criminal activities. Only I had learned a few things, made some connections. I got involved with organized crime. And I found out that organized crime literally ran in my family. My mom's side is uh, Italian, the Bucheris and the Mascarellos. And it literally ran all the way back to Sicily. My uncles were mafia. And so I just said, yeah, this is, this, this is what I was created for. This is what I was designed to do. So I was going to do it with the best that I had. Then I got rearrested, locked up. I'm in a cell in the state of Indiana, facing life in prison. I mean, I had committed armed robberies, transportation of stolen vehicles across state lines. I was running guns, drugs. I mean, the federal marshals had warrants out for me. The sheriffs had warrants out for me. My life was over, done, gone. It was at the deepest, darkest point of my life when I thought all hope was lost. Remember what I said, life begins with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. That I remembered some words that I heard from some gentlemen that I met the first five years I was locked up. These guys were kind of funny. They were smiling all the time. And usually when somebody's smiling at you in prison, it ain't good. <laughs> oh, no, homeboy. <laughs> These guys were different. I called them Bible thumpers, holy rollers, because they'd always walk around. They'd have their Bible under their arm, and they'd, they'd be weird, saying weird things like, praise the Lord, brother, hallelujah. And I'm like, man, what y'all, got a gang going on here or something? <laughs> And they'd say things to me like, Mike, don't you know God loves you? He loved you so much he sent his son Jesus so that you could experience life. 
so you could have a relationship with your creator. I'd say, yeah, I heard all that growing up. I went to church. I know all the Bible stories about Jesus and Moses, and I saw the pictures on the wall with Jesus with a cookie pan behind his head. I said, I don't need that. I don't need that because I didn't believe God would want to have anything to do with a guy like me. So here I am in the deepest, darkest place in my life, and I have all the words to remember. I remembered their words. And I got on my knees, and I said, God, if you're so good, if you love me so much, and how come my life is so messed up? It was the first time I heard the voice of the Lord. He spoke to the one place that no one else had been able to speak to. Spoke to my heart. And he simply said, call on me. Call on me, son. When he said, son, something in my hardened heart broke. Started to tear up. And I said, Lord, I've ruined this life. There's nothing I can do. I surrender. You take it. I'm done. The way I was raised, I thought I had to confess every sin I committed. So, sorry I pushed my sister down when I was four. Sorry I put the cat in the dryer when I was six. I was there for quite a while. But when I got off the floor, nothing changed around me, but everything changed in me. My freedom didn't come the day the government let me out of prison. My freedom came the moment I let Jesus into my heart. That's when my freedom came. October 31st, 2002, special day for me. I stepped out of prison for the last time. Eight months after that, I married my beautiful wife, Stephanie. And trust me, I married up. <laughs> Way up, <laughs> above my pay grade. <laughs> I now got a beautiful family, my daughter, Sophia. She's 13, going on 21. <laughs> Some of you parents can relate. <laughs> She's a daddy's girl, apple of my eye. She ain't never getting married. <laughs> Boys come over there spitting that game at her. Hey, baby. I'm like, listen here, boy. <laughs> I've been to prison once. I ain't afraid to go back. <laughs> Just saying. You know, I break bricks for a living. <laughs> well, and my son Riley, he's a man child. Kid's a beast. I mean, we signed him up for football for the second year, and I, I brought him to, to the coaches. They said, is, is he a sixth, seventh grader? I said, no, he's a fifth grader. They were like, yes, yes. <laughs> Kids are beast. I love my life. My life is good. I never in a million years thought I'd be traveling the world. In the last 10 years, we've seen over 300,000 people make decisions for Jesus Christ in the last 10 years. Yeah. Ooh. But living the life for Jesus Christ is not without its trials, not without its temptations, not without its difficulties. I know this thing. I used to be a drug addict, a drug dealer, professional criminal. I'm now a man of God, family man, preacher of the gospel. This one thing hasn't changed. Life is still full of trials and difficulties. The only difference is instead of life having dominion over me, I now through Christ Jesus have dominion over life. Because Jesus gives us power to overcome all the works of the enemy. My personal purpose, Mike's personal purpose for existence, is to destroy the works of the enemy. Wherever there's depression, sickness, pain, disease, that's what we come. We're going to destroy it. So if you're in bondage this morning, if you, if you are in a place of darkness this morning, I've got, I've got good news for you. This morning you can receive the word of life. You can hear the word, but there's a difference between hearing the word and receiving the word. You can make a decision, one decision that will change your life, change your family line, change your future. All you have to do is surrender to Jesus. That's it. You don't have to clean up to get to him. You go to him and he'll clean you up. And he'll give you power to overcome. So I'd like everyone here to bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment. I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for one reason. I want you to get alone with the place that you think no one ever sees or hears the internal conversations, but God does. And here's a fact. One day, one way, every single one of us, all of us, we're going to leave these bodies. We're going to stand before God, creator of heaven and earth. He's not going to whip out cosmic scales, put all your good deeds and church attendance on one side, and then put all your sin and bad deeds on the other to see which one weighs more, 
to determine whether you spend eternity with him or eternity separated from him. He's going to look every one of us directly in the eyes. He's going to ask us one question, one question only. Do you know my son and does my son know you? That's the question. And if you're in your heart of hearts right now and you honestly can't say, yes, I do know him and he knows me, I have good news for you this morning. This morning, that can change. You can know Jesus by praying a simple prayer, inviting him into your life. He won't force his way. You have to invite him. So no looking around. This is between you and the Lord. Doesn't matter who's on the right, left, front, back of you. Between you and God. If you're here and you say, I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ, or you're a backslid, you, 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 you used to walk with the Lord, but now you're far from him. You go through the motions, but your heart is far from him. And you want to come back to him? He's, he's waiting. He's waiting for you to come back. So if that's you in either of those conditions, I'm going to count to three. I want you to raise your hand and raise it high. One, two, three. Slip up your hand. I see those hands. see those hands. Awesome. Awesome. see those hands. You can put those hands down. Everyone who raised their hand, and church, repeat it with us. Pray this prayer. Mean it in your heart and say it with your mouth. Say, Dear Jesus, this day I give you my life. All that I am, all that I have, I surrender to you because I believe that you died for me, for my sin. And I have sinned, God, against you and against my fellow man. But today, I repent. I turn my back. I'm living for myself. From this day forward, I'm going to live for you. Jesus, Savior, and Lord of my life. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause, shall we? Woo! Mm. Let me encourage you, if you made that decision for the first time or you're coming back to the Lord, I want to, I want, this church exists for the same reason that everybody in the body of Christ exists. That is to promote the kingdom of God and spread the kingdom of God in the earth. Okay? All right? And, and this church is here for you. This is not just an event. I know churches. I walk into churches. I can feel the room. If you, if you understand what I'm saying, I, I can discern the room. I know this church ain't playing games. All right? And the enemy hates this church. That's good. <laughs> he, he should. <laughs> so tell somebody. Connect with the pastor. Connect with somebody here. Connect with them. Tell them about the decision. Ask for help. I always say there's no such thing as a stupid question. The only stupid question are the ones you never asked. Ask somebody. Get plugged in. They're here for you. If you're going through something, share it with your pastor. Share it with one of the other pastors. We're in this together. There's no Rambos in the body of Christ. Rambos don't exist in real life. Rambos get killed in real life. So it's really been an honor to minister here and to spend this time with all of you, and we're just so thankful. And I just want to declare a blessing over you as we close our part of the service. Can I do that? Father God, I thank you and I praise you. For this congregation of warriors, I pray that you set a fire in their heart, a fire that will consume them and consume the enemy. May this be a place where great exploits go forth. May this be a place where the world is changed and touched from right here. Father, I declare a blessing over this church. I declare growth and prosperity over this church. And I, I declare an increase in the anointing in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. How good was that? Really appreciate you guys. Thank you, Mike and Mike. Fantastic. Right.
What a testimony. You know what I loved about the guys this morning is just how much they love Jesus and they preach Christ. And uh, that's fantastic. You know, I, I really want to encourage you. I was preaching on evangelism a couple of weeks ago and just being others focused. And I had a few people kind of contact me and say, you know, give us some hints on how to evangelize, how to, how to win lost people. Well, this morning you saw what these guys did, but you heard the message and the testimony. We've got an opportunity on Wednesday at Maple Park High School, 4 till 9 o'clock, invite somebody. Get on the phone, get on social media. And, and, but in fact, more than all of that, personal invitation. Just say, hey, we're at church and we have these guys and they set themselves on fire and they sprayed our pastor with, with Sprite and he's got a really sticky back. Uh, but I, I want to invite you to come and see them. And, and take the person, pick, go and pick them up and, and take them to the high school, 4 till 9 on Wednesday night, and let them hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a powerful testimony. That's a powerful testimony. The Bible says that they overcame by the, by the, 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 the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And, and then when Mike gives the altar call on Wednesday night, maybe that person that you've taken to that event on Wednesday night, maybe they'll give their heart to Jesus. And if they haven't, maybe they've just, they've just taken another step closer towards Christ. So I encourage you to do that. This, is, this was, was great this morning, but we've got the opportunity on Wednesday to invite somebody. So that's fantastic. What a great morning. Really good morning. Thank you again, Emily and Jeremy, for, for bringing them along. So uh, I think the guys will probably hang around for a little bit, say good day, give them a high five, give them a hug. Uh, if, you, if you think that this was just like a joke, uh, if someone can come and just undo it, that'd be great. Maybe Ron, <laughs> Luke... That'd just be. Uh, for the record, you know that the horseshoe. I weakened it for him. <laughs> I got to tell you something. When I was bending it, I'm I'm seriously thinking I'm bending it. I'm thinking this is moving, and then when he held it up again, and it hadn't moved a bit. It was like serious. Anyway, I'm going home to work out. Um, That'll do for church today. Thanks, worship team. You guys can play, but church is done. Stay and have some food and fellowship in Cafe Esperanza. And uh, make sure you come back next week. Start of National Others Week. Fantastic. Hopefully see you Wednesday night. Have a great week. Hope you enjoyed that message. Join us next time. Have a blessed week.